And we're back. Welcome to WNGS Radio. Thanks for listening. I'm Sean Spence. I'm Dion DeGenero. And we are going to talk about the 2018 Detroit City NPSL season. Well, not just the NPSL season. The season. The season. Right. There's no NPSL Pro yet. Right, exactly. (laughs) It's just a season. It's just if we believe hard enough. Right, exactly. Um, Yeah, so I guess the question... Um, that I always grapple with with the 2018 season is, was it successful? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I would say that, as always, uh, we increased our metrics in every direction. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, judged, if we leave aside the results on the field... Um, I would say it was uh, another rousing success. Um, we had a winning record. Yeah. <laughs> um, from my point of view, uh, this was a cruelly disappointing season on the field. Um, and we did have a winning record, but that was a winning record that was rolled up at the expense of some really half-ass competition. Yeah. Um, and so, you know... For me, on the field, no. Not a success. No. Um, but in, in every other way, you would consider it a success? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, the challenge is keeping that feeling uh, on game day. Um, and that hasn't changed. Yeah. Um, the, you it's, know, it's scaled accordingly. Right. It, and, it, well, <laughs> and, it, and um, you know, the fear is that Eventually, scale will feel different. You, yeah. you think, yeah, um, and that's the that's the concern is that you want to keep this feeling while it being whatever size it is. And so far, we've been able to do it. Um, and it's it looks to me like there's no reason why we can't continue <laughs> to um, to grow at Keyworth. Yeah, um, and uh, without a diminution of the experience yeah. for anybody, doesn't water it down. Right. No, yeah. it doesn't. Like you know. Um, this was a season where uh, the guard side just kept getting like crushingly full, yeah. and um, you know, what, yeah. makes what it you, makes it awesome. better. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah, more smoke. Right, right. More capos, more drums. Right, and from from a you know like a now I, I want to say that while I do work for the club, I'm not I'm not on the business side of it, so I don't know like. I'm not sitting here like in my head knowing how many dollars we yeah. made or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I imagine there were more dollars than last year just because we've got, you know, a good 10, 12% more people than we had last yep. year. Um, and that kind of growth, especially we're in a, to a fairly mature part of our growth curve, right? Absolutely. We're not, we're we're not, we're not doubling it every year. We're kind of peaking right. almost. And well, and we're up against physical constraints now where, yeah. you know, like we can't fit 5,000 more people in that stadium. Exactly. So, uh, until we get the the northern or the southernmost part of the supporter section, we're really kind of capped at right around a little less than eight grand. Yeah. Um, uh, so I don't see any reason why we can't refurbish that corner and get to ten grand and be like you know and and be good at ten grand. Yeah. So for the time being, for the time there's being. no there's no real reason to get bigger than that either. Right. I mean, yeah, we're not trying to raise enough money to pay a. Uh, competitive first division roster, so uh, we just can give it all to the kids again. Um, So Jeremy Churchman asked a very 
poignant question. Um, so I'm just going to read it verbatim and yeah, we'll go sure. from there. Um, would love to hear some tactics uh, slash info on the most important positions and players for City and Ben's style of possession system. Um, and then okay. in parentheses he said, was was there a missing player for 2018 versus 2017, or was it differences in luck slash little things? And he says, thank um, you. Okay. Well, uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, okay. Jeremy, thank you for your question. Um, if, for me... The, the difference in 2017 and 2018 uh, was that we didn't have anyone who could reliably create scoring chances for us. Yeah. And in 2017, like, we didn't have a great plan, I don't think. In 2017, what we had was Tyrone Mondi <laughs> just sort of Tearing ascend, it up. Tearing it up. you know, yeah. I mean, from, like, like a, from being a kid that no one had heard of, who Kloss basically, you know, really rang the bells yeah. for. Um, uh, Klaus DeBoer is the technical director of Detroit City. and The real brains behind the operation. Like a, a, a total soccer genius, and if he deigns <laughs> to talk to you, just listen. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Klaus found Tyrone, and Tyrone, you know, once he got fit and into the lineup, created three or four great scoring chances every game. Yeah. Every game. From nothing. From just, yeah, just from being quick and aggressive and, and you know, like, you can just, like, I mean, for me, as I'm talking about this, I can picture him slashing in off that left wing, you know. <laughs> cutting in. Um, yeah, cutting inside. He's basically an inside left. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he created a lot of chances. Um, this year, we knew Tyrone was out. And, but what we did have was uh, Cyrus Sadie and Danny Deacon mm-hmm. in the midfield. And I think the plan initially was to structure the team so that those two guys would be the creative axis. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that made a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. I, I now... The fact that things don't work doesn't mean they're, they were they terrible. They were wrong. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it didn't work, but I don't think Ben's idea was a bad one. No. Um, given what he had, uh, we had a you know a lot of new strikers that we hadn't really seen before, and Sean. Yeah. Uh, Sean Claude Lawson, and we had a um, we had these two kind of proven uh, attacking midfielders that instead of uh, what we did was we played them both inside. Yeah. And um, and neither of them took the reins, really. Uh, we were waiting for that to happen. We saw a couple times. A couple flashes. A couple flashes. Um, the goal against Cincy, Cincy uh, was obviously kind of a, a Danny, a Rafa show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, I think the, the addition of Rafa Mincing in on the wing, I think they were hoping that, like, keeping Danny and Cyrus in there, that he would be able to stretch Stay on the legs. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, Use his speed. Right. And his power to power past people. You know, yeah, I think we, um, the other thing we kind of didn't realize until we got into the play is how important Bakey Goodman was last year. Um, that, that was going to be my answer. Right. His, his ability to. Uh, like transition to transition play with one touch yeah. to like to like walk onto a lost ball and and instead of instead of putting it on his foot looking forward exactly. like he knew uh, what right he was playing like two steps ahead right basically. he was yeah he was playing like a okay so 
football manager alert. <laughs> he was playing like a deep-lying playmaker, yeah. and we had a whole bunch of just straight-holding midfielders this yeah. year. Um, and they were good guys, and they were responsible. Who's that, that number nine? Right. Um, Who's that number nine, right? That's like a tricortista, like... Playmaker sort of thing, kind of yeah. Like, um, or is it number nine? Is like a forward striker. Forward, yeah. I would, like I would a, consider him like a five, kind of a five. Okay. Um, you know, he's playing deep in midfield. Yeah. He he doesn't want to get the ball in a bunch of traffic and make decisions. He yeah. wants to get the ball and be able to like to see. Okay, I'm about to win the ball. Make a plan for the ball, yeah. and then by the time it arrives, he's executing that plan. Yeah. Um, we didn't have anybody like that, and that that really. I think that was, in my opinion, our biggest issue this season was the lack of transition play. Right. Um, which is kind of what you were getting into right. anyway. But, um, yeah, absolutely, like, we missed that Bakey Goodman, like, being able to see what was happening in front of him and know exactly what he needed to do. And not right. only that, but then execute it. Right. In in a way that it's you can do it in the MPSL. Right. I think that um, I think maybe in the final <clears throat> the final estimation, if you look at if we go back over the season, that maybe what we're learning is that in the MPSL, given the very limited amount of like practice time you have, the yeah. amount of time you have together, that trying to like control and dominate a game is a losing way to go at it because you're not going to if people can just fall back into two banks of four. And stand you up in front of the lock uh, penalty down. area. Yeah, lock it down. You you don't you don't have a like there's you, no space. Well, you have a like it at every level that requires a lot of sharpness to break that down. Um, and unfortunately, in MPSL, you're just kind of not going to get that sharpness unless you like import play. You know, it's almost yeah. like doing like national team yeah. managing, where you want to kind of import players who have a relationship. Yeah, and like just be able no, to put no that relationship ahead of time. in there. Exactly. Yeah, um, hit the ground running sort right. of situation. And so you know, like if I was Ben, I would be thinking, okay, we need to, we need to focus more on transition and yeah. creating transition because, you know, when we got chances against transitioning defenses, we got good looks. Exactly. Um, but we spent a lot of time just controlling the ball. In the middle you know, third, passing it yeah. around, forward, back, know. forward, back, right, and and you know, um, and then runs weren't being made either, right. I mean, you know, but that's but for yeah. me, that's all part of that that process of not being super sharp with each other and kind of you know not trusting each other's game enough to know that like this guy, I know what kind of run this guy's going to make. I yeah. see him start to make that run. I don't have to watch it. I know I know how he's going to curve it and where I can go with it. Yeah. Um, Instead, you're kind of playing pickup ball. You're yeah. Like, well, anybody got an idea? You know, anyway. Who's who can who can dangle right. the ball? Right. Exactly. And <laughs> who you know, can create space? Sometimes you're gonna get a goal just be just by kind of lumping it in there. Um, but you know, the goals we remember um, have tri- typically come in transition. Exactly. And uh, in fact, I think every single one. Right. Like I'm trying to think of one that wasn't. Other than like Adkins, like. Uh, Goal off the corner. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> like, like right. beyond that. Every every like amazing city goal you think of comes off of the transition, right? Yeah. And I think, and I mean, I I think it may be because they look like a team, right? Well, and I think it may be <laughs> just down to, um, like being willing to kind of lay back a little bit, yeah. and play into that open space. Um, but it's hard when you're the big dog, and I mean, you know, we're. Like it's kind of apples, right? It's it's kind of apples and oranges, but like in 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 a professional league, 
we would be the team that you know that everybody packs it in for, and yeah. that everybody and and so um, it, you know we kind of come into the games feeling like. Well, I mean, this is, we're us, yeah. and you're whoever the fuck you are. <laughs> like, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to, you know, we are going to keep the ball for 65, 70% of the game, and we're just going to jam it down your throat. And as it turns out, that makes it more comfortable for them. Like, they're like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit here with my mouth open and see how many things you can fit in my mouth. <laughs> you know, and if it's, if it's less than 10, you lose or yeah, something. Yeah, like, well, okay, Jesus. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, I... I think there's other piece transition and was right. a big, was the missing I think component this year. So Kendall Kendall has a question a little more general. Um, Kendall Jenner. Kendall Kendall <laughs> Kendall Jenner. Nick Kendall. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have teenage daughters. I know these things. <laughs> um, he says, if given the choice, would you rather DCFC bring on a world class number nine, number ten poacher? Uh, and you get one, and the rest of the team stays NPSL level. So to I'm going to reword that. What is the most important, I guess, forward position you think, or the most, like, effective I mean, forward position? If we're keeping the rest of the team in NPSL level, um, I would probably go with a classic number nine, a guy who can create a shot for himself yeah um because a a world-class number 10 is going to like commit seven coup in midfield yeah you know <laughs> after be, after a couple of like shitty tackles yeah. and you know It'd be done yeah just be like that's like this yeah i'm taking the shirt off i'm throwing in the, uh, the northern guard and i'm leaving forever yeah um I, I mean i you know maybe he's made of sterner stuff but for me i i, I think that you it would need to be somebody who could Call his own number and finish it off. Yeah, um, create something from nothing. Yeah. You know, if you're adding, if you're saying, okay, you can add either Messi or Zlatan. Yeah. To City. You take Zlatan. I would probably take Zlatan. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, right now, that doesn't change the fact that Leo Messi is the greatest footballer yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. But he would find this very frustrating. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't play the way he would be able to play <laughs> and that he is able to elsewhere. Whereas Latan is just going to tear it up wherever right, he goes. Right, he's going to, like, I mean, I mean, he'll play exactly like he plays in MLS. Yeah. He's just going to be a goal hang, like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about yeah. you, you know. Yeah. Do I, a bicycle kick right. from, from 40 yards <laughs> out and, and get the it goal in the he net. scored, That 500th goal he yeah. scored the other day was, was just ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> um I'm going to segue off that question. Um, what do you think is the most important player on the pitch? Um, well, I mean, it could be... It, it depends, Like, like right? a, a position? Yeah. Um, oh, I... I mean, for me, if you've, if you've got an intelligent, controlling midfielder. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, that's that's going to be the most important. Um, but, I mean, it could be the most important person on the pitch could be at any position. Exactly. You know? It I just mean, depends it, on the situation right. of the player. You know, and, yeah. And like, if you've got a really... If you've got an average team that has a really dominating center back, then that's going to be the most important player. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah. No, but I agree. Like, a, a controlling midfielder that can control the game, set the tempos... Help on the defense, right? To give the attack time to develop. Like that's right. Yeah, somebody who's I like think thinking along with and ahead of the current game situation. Yes. Um, 
Captain Jack asks, <laughs> and this is going to be a contentious question, but who is the best striker in DCFC history? For me, it's Sean Lawson. That's what I am. Okay, it's not, it's not that contentious. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, you know... Zach's really good, I, too. I think, you know, yeah. Um, best striker, I, you know... I think there are probably people who would say William Miller's Blair. Um, uh, for me, you know, a guy, like striker is a a funky position because it's one of those things where you can you really can kind of roll out there and suck and <laughs> and and have five good minutes and everybody thinks it was great. Yeah. Um, uh, the thing Fernando, I said, Fernando Torres. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, you can build a whole career uh, <laughs> out of sucking for eighty five minutes. Um, it, the thing, the thing I see in Sean is that he, you know, yes, he's a striker, but he's also he also works within the, the structure of the team and the idea of the team, um, and doesn't perceive his role like once he's up top, he's not like, you know, you bitches need to feed yeah, me. Yeah, feed me, you know, feed like, me. Uh, he'll he'll go he'll track back. He'll right. move on to the wing. Right. Let the overlap run happen. Honestly, one of my favorite things about his game is the way he solves for space when he's on the wing. Yeah. Like the ball will come in high, and he's not much of a header, but he he'll he kind of let it fall into him yeah. and 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 Control have a plan yeah. for how to beat those two guys around him. You know, that's and, that's actually what I love about him is his his ability to shake. Guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I call it solving for space because yeah. because usually the ball's arriving and like he's calculated a solution that is not not going to be revealed until the ball arrives yeah. and that the defenders just are they not hip know. to. They're, yeah, but, they're not going to know um, what to expect. Right. And you know the consistency with which he does that is pretty remarkable. You yeah. Know? Like at this level, you don't see a lot of strikers just constantly pulling the ball down and beating two guys. Yeah. Um, but he does. And routinely. making cuts. Right. And. Right. Pullbacks and, he, and everything like he's just you know, a, it, very aware of, of his surroundings. He's yeah. I think that if he was um, if he was slightly more physically imposing, he would we wouldn't be able to keep a hold of him. Yeah. Um, because his his like lateral quickness is crazy great. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you if you put him behind the defense, he's going to get run down. Yeah. And um, he, I think especially you know, American soccer scouts are still Americans. So they're like, mm. I think that's why a lot of people like WMB. Right? Yeah. Look how fast he is. I mean, yeah. he is fast. Yeah. Um, well, Lawson's fast ruth- too. Yeah, he, he was but, ruthless. But WMB is. Right. I think people loved him so much because of how fast he right. was. I mean, it was you know visceral like thrill to watch him yeah. kind of you know nod the ball down at the midfield stripe and yeah. beat two guys and you know score. I mean, it's great. It was a different time in the MPSL too. Right, exactly. Also, you watch that now, and you're like, "That was uh, no, that never fun. that would never happen." Right. Now. Somebody would have just somebody would have just there would there out. would have been five more guys back there. Right. Well, and I think somebody would have taken him out. Yeah. Too. You know, like also there's true. a whole lot of we're not getting clowned happening now. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Um, JX asks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When NPSL Pro happens, oh boy, do you think Caesar uh, will still be head coach? Um, if not, do you see him staying on as coach if we still field an amateur squad? I okay. I, I talked to Ben about this at the, after the season, so I'm going to share some things. Did you write about this? I don't think I did. Okay, cool. Um, Inside info. Boom. Right. I, We're you know, legit now. Well, and it, 
eh, you know, I'm writing a game story. And I didn't want to. Um, yeah. But he, you know, Ben did say after the season, like, look, it's not a coincidence that I'm still an assistant coach at Michigan State. Like, I'm I'm sitting here waiting for this to go pro. He ideally, now he did get his, what is it, A his license? A, yeah, he got yeah, his A license. Got his national A license, which means that he is allowed to be the manager of, like, a USL team. Yeah. Um, and... You know, I asked him about that, and, uh, you know, I, I think I asked him specifically about Cincinnati mm-hmm. or somebody. There was a rumor about Louisville. Louisville, that's what it was. And I was like, you know, uh, and he was like, listen, they're not calling me, you know. <laughs> I was like, okay. You know, Dude, they know. really believed yeah. that it was going to be him. Yeah. Um, Lu- and they, Louisville. They wound up, like, hiring Somebody else, yeah, some uh, asshole. Yeah, <laughs> somebody, somebody I've heard of. I can't like if you said the name, I'd be like, oh yeah, that dude. It's not Tim Hankinson because he's the jerk off in Chattanooga. Yeah, he's. <laughs> um, but he's been around forever. Like Hankinson is yeah. another guy. Yeah. Like he's a U.S. soccer guy. You yeah. know, um, part, of the, part, probably, of the, part of the part of the machine. Yeah, exactly, he's the UDP dude. Um, so anyway, I I think that. Especially if MPSL Pro happens this year, I think Ben will absolutely be our manager. Uh, I think that that's why he wants to happen. That's what everybody wants to happen is yeah. for us to go pro and him to be ready for us to go pro. Yeah. Um, now I think that if MPSL Pro starts to drag its feet or it starts to look like eh, it's not going to come together in 2019, yeah. Um, you know, I could see Ben kind of feeling like eh, looking for some know, How long am I going to yeah, stall exactly. here? Um, that said, I. I I don't. Th- I hope that we go pro with Ben. I think yeah. that that kind of continuity is important, and I think he is a, a really. I think he's a good manager. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's not perfect. No one's perfect. No one's perfect. But you know, and there's but, things there's things he's done that I'm kind of like, well, I don't know if I do that. But at the same time, one thing um, one he thing doesn't, I, he doesn't divulge his reasoning no. to you. You know, he's pretty opaque. Yeah. So I'm I'm certain. That if we had like honest conversations about what he was thinking, he would tell me things I was not anticipating. Yeah. Um, so you know, I've got enough respect for him and, and knowledge of my own you know shortcomings to say, <laughs> mm, okay, I'm going to yeah. defer to you. Um, you know, I, I, I hope Ben stays around. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that uh, um, we're building a thing where loyalty is important. Absolutely. And. Uh, you know, I don't know how amazing Bill Shankly was in every part of his job, but <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure overall he's amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, you don't build that kind of thing, chopping and changing every three yep. years, trying to find yep. somebody with a magic formula. There's exactly. no magic. You've got no. 11 guys, yeah. you know. And it's different every year, right. and you don't know what the other teams are doing. Right. That's another big thing. Like, honestly, as much as I hate Ann Arbor, like fucking Rudland puts together a team, man. That, you know, um, I think we have to acknowledge that they have consistently ate our lunch and that um, if we are to change that, um, that that will be... That'll be movement. It won't won't be like, yes, we've reasserted our dominance. No, I mean, Ann Arbor's kind of had our number. Um, And, you know, with the exception of one time in the playoffs when we were able to, you know... Squeak it out, to be honest. Right. I mean, yeah, we really did almost shit it away. Um, uh, You know, he's he's had a number. Uh, I would... I would say that if Ben goes somewhere else, if we're not going hard after Eric Redland, then we've, like, forgotten the face of our father. Because <laughs> he's clearly 
you know, outside of Ben, the best coach I've seen in MPSL. Yeah. Um, and his teams are always ready. They're always prepared. Um, and he gets good talent. And I mean, you're in Ann Arbor. Yeah. So it's not super hard to yeah. sell. Like, why don't you just chill here with 8,000 co for a couple, months, for a couple yeah. months? Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, in Detroit, it's like, well, you know. <laughs> we'll put you in an yeah. apartment, but... Do, do you have a hobby where you take photos of, you know, <laughs> things? Well, like ruin porn Like ruin porn, yeah. Are you a ruin porn professional? Because <laughs> we've got that for you. I mean, there's obviously Detroit is growing, and there's a lot yeah. to do. Um, but I think for a 18 to 21-year-old, Ann Arbor has some advantages. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, uh, I want Caesar to stay. And I, something that I noticed coming towards the end of the season about him is like, he knows when he fucks up right? and he admits it. Yeah. He knows. No, you know, he's aware. (laughs) Well, it's pretty unusual. I mean, in my experience, you know, when you go to now, I mean, maybe it's different because I'm from the team. Yeah. And he knows that like, if he says something to me. And then he goes, oh, don't say that. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be like, fuck you, bro. I didn't say <laughs> You said yeah. it, yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. You didn't say not on yeah, the record. Exactly. Dude, okay, just to give you an idea, I'm going to go back to the Chicago Fire thing briefly, <laughs> yeah. okay? I once had a guy leave a bunch of information on my voicemail and then get upset that I quoted him. <laughs> like, In an article you or something? left it on my voicemail, oh dude. My like, I have to tell you it's off the record. Yeah. I can't possibly do that if you just call me and yeah. leave the data dump exactly. it on my voicemail. And so, I mean, I just quoted him like, yeah, this guy's not coming back. That's how it is. Okay. It was no <laughs> big deal. But they freaked out. Like, oh, my God. You quoted me. It's like, like you yeah. shouldn't have said anything or at least let me know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've never had anything like that with, with Ben where um, – where he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you yeah. said that. And and he will say, you know, like like after the game, right after the game, generally most managers are like, it'll take them a couple days to kind of watch the film and yeah, go, yeah. Process it. I set this up wrong. Yeah. Um, but Ben sees it pretty quickly, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, over the course of this season, uh, we had interesting conversations right after the games where he was kind of like, what do you think of that? You know, yeah. like we were trying to we're trying to get the creative access to the team working, right? Yeah. And and he was just like, you know, yeah, was, this not, was not work. working out. Like, yeah. Why is it not working? That's that's the thing. Like on paper, everything was like this should be working, right? You know, we, this is good talent arranged in a sensible way. Why is it not producing? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's. I think that that's one of my favorite traits of his is that like he is aware mm-hmm. and. People like to say, like, oh, well, he doesn't change anything. No, he's changing stuff, like, all the time. He changes stuff all the time. I, all I, the time. I just think that, you know, it's hard from the supporter section, I think, a lot of times to see the game pretty as intensely as you need to to know. Like, I, I see him changing things all the time. All the time. And, it's, and, you know, I mean, like, it's not always the gross shape. Yeah. You know, maybe the approach, like, we're, we're really funneling things inside or yeah. we're trying for – we're working for the wings now. Um, maybe we're, you know where our line of of, of demarcation is when yeah. we're going to start to press exactly. and changes. Um, but those are I don't know that they're things that like your everyday football watcher notices. You know, I mean, if you're not if you're not yeah, some nerd I, I, who's played like 
literally exactly. ten thousand hours of football manager where you're yeah. not like like looking at the shapes in space. And you're like, <laughs> the yeah. players don't even matter. It's literally right. just, it's like, dots, it's just imagine dots them as on a dots. graph. Exactly. Like you know, well, you're leaving a lot of space on the left right now. Um, I you know, uh, but I mean, it seems fairly obvious to me that there's constant yeah. tactical adjustments happening and like. And, and little things trying to kind of bring out the best in each a player. player yeah, right? he'll you address know. each player, right. which is another thing I love. Um, you know, we talked before we recorded this, we talked a little bit about Cyrus and Danny and Jakob, the yeah. kind of three creative players that we went through this season. And it was interesting when they when they started introducing Jakob, they they really moved him around a bit. I think yeah. just to find where his most comfortable starting point was. Yeah. Like, would he rather work outside in? Does he does he like getting it in, in traffic and exactly really different? Not just different positions, but different different. Um, I forgot what the term was, but like different jobs right. within yeah, exactly. the system. Right, like you're being deployed to yeah. do slightly different things. Yeah. Um, so. Excuse me. I, um, you know, I, I, I agree. Again, I would say that if you're one of those people who's like pyramid out every time we lose a couple games, um, like I maybe think you need to take a, a seat. Well, watch what's going on. Maybe just maybe just watch like another twenty years of football, um, <laughs> and like get more patient because yeah. like I mean the MPS, especially in the NPSL NPSL like, season shit. is bonkers. It's just like well, like when. Uh, when this season started, I had some friends that are kind of like online football manager friends, you know, yeah. people I know. Like I've done scouting for sports interactive before. Yeah, you know, I mean, just basically, here's the players I saw. Yeah. I think sixteen. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. His sixteen paces. It's not sixteen. Okay, it's a fourteen. It needs to change. Um, uh, that kind of thing. And they'll ask me. They'll you know be like, eh, when it, it, like is anyone working on an NPSL patch, you know, yeah. so that we can accurately portray. And I'm like, you don't like, you do not want to be a football manager for an NPSL team because <laughs> like, okay, here's a new thing. Who knows who's available today? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Who's working late at work and can't get here, you yeah. know? Um, or guys that just kind of like come into the team and like, oh, I'm not going to be a starter. Just vanish and go somewhere else. Yeah. I, oh, I can't travel. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't travel. No keepers can travel this right. week. Right. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's totally great. Um, you know, we had uh, we had a, a guy this year, the uh, Wilford Williams, who who came in and preseason. Right. And we were like, like they had all kinds of. He's going to be our left back. He's going to he's going to play holding mid. And you know, I think that. We didn't have a definite position for him. Like we didn't. He was yeah. not our best left back. He was not our best holding mid. And he was just like, peace. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Went yeah. playing Iowa somewhere. And he played. He played and like PDL. It, yeah, I think he played PDL. Um, you know, you know he, was, he played for Chattanooga. Did he really in the preseason uh, when okay. they played against uh, uh, Dallas? Yeah, they started oh, yeah. for him. Right, they played uh, <laughs> FC Dallas. Yeah, and I mean. You know, I can get it. I don't have a problem with what he's doing. Yeah. I'm just saying that as a manager, like there is never a point where you're where you've got a roster that is set and that you're good and that all these people will be available if they're healthy. Yeah, at this, yeah, at and this where level. you can where yeah. you can train them towards some tactical blah blah. You know, yeah. you can't. Yeah. It's like, well, it's just like you know, gotta work with what you have. Gotta work with what you have and and accept that what you're doing is. Um, Futile. It's it's <laughs> like I mean, it has a pickup feel in terms of like what you're. What you're getting done with your team and like yeah. how, with the way they're playing, yeah. you know, it's going to be just sort of integral to their person. Basically, it's not going to be something you've imposed on. Yeah, them. exactly. So. so 
we are kind of mentioned it already with Caesar, and if we do move forward uh, to a longer season professional league, um, obviously no secret. Like MPSL Pro is like the worst kept secret <laughs> in lower division soccer right now. Um, nothing's official. Right. It's all rumors. It's all hearsay and right. speculation and hopes and dreams and. Um, how do you what 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 how do you feel about the, the prospects of MPSL Pro? I mean, and what it could mean or what it doesn't mean. Or, I mean, it's super fraught, right? Yeah. Um, because there's always the risk um, when you're setting up an alternate thing, um, and that's what we would be doing. Yeah. We would be saying, okay, you've got your thing, and we're doing something else, and it's still professional, and it's still going to grow. Um, that the previous, you know, the history in America uh, in organized sports is that the current stakeholders turn on whoever the new guy is mm-hmm. and do whatever the fuck they need to do to get that guy out of here. Um, time and time again. Right. And um, so as a consequence, we have Major League Baseball and National Football League and the National Basketball Association. And all of the minor leagues for all of those sports are bullshit. Feet up directly. Right. And they, yeah. And they aren't, they aren't competitive units in themselves. They're, you know, this kind of half-assed shadow version of baseball, basketball, yeah. <laughs> soccer, whatever, where, you know, you're kind of competing, but really you're just trying to be better players. So yeah. eventually one day you can play there. I, I don't want any community in America to, to suffer through uh, a minor league baseball version of soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, having said that, um, it's tough being the, the first mover, right? Yeah. And we, I really think it's down to us. Like, yeah. like we've got to be the prow of that ship um, because we're the one team that has, that has grown a large enough organic economy. Right. We've, I mean, we've done the work of promotion and relegation without the system being in place. Yeah. We keep growing our economy. You know, the, we've got the restaurant. We've got all that stuff. Um, we're, you know, diversified. We're, right. We're divisive, diversified our income streams. We are starting to produce our own players playing kind of a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's a... People need to understand that the academy is sort of like farming. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it comes good years down the road yeah. and you know we need to not get too anxious like we're not going to see homegrown city players for a while okay the oldest ones are like 11. I was going to say probably right. like between 5 and 10 years 7 years would be a reasonable target say okay one of these kids um, but um, it, you know what worries me now um, is that we've got we've been able to kind of prosper in this uneasy Twilight between what FIFA says they're about and what MLS hopes they're about. Mm-hmm. MLS hopes they're just going to that it's just going to be oligarchs about money, like just yeah. little you know that eventually we're going to get boys the, club. We're going to do. We're going to unlock the secret handshake that uh, gets FIFA to to say, okay, you're this. You're doing this forever. <laughs> um, on the other hand, um, FIFA is run by you know apparatchiks who are at some level answerable to their local mm-hmm. people. And the hope is that at some level, um, 
the, the people who have done the hard work to make football work in their country are going to say, wait, wait, what the what? fuck? Yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> why do seven billionaires own that shit in America? Like, we need to crack that, that yeah. thing open so that I can go make some money there because I know how to make football work exactly. and those jackasses don't. So mm, there's political possibilities. It could go spectacularly wrong or spectacularly well yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of that is is FIFA and lawsuits, right? Yeah. Um, if the NASL wins their lawsuit, the game changes. Uh, the game changes, and then and and FIFA probably like tries to come charging in there and yeah. say like, oh yeah, we're going to save this just to save face. Yeah. Um, if the NASL gets dismissed uh, or gets made to sound like you know clowns yeah, in, exactly. in, the, in the final ruling. Um, Which the is next, the equally next, as likely, right? Because I mean, they're, <laughs> let's be honest. Like even in, even when NASL has their suit on, there's some clown shoes happening, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, like it's super fraught. Um, now, I don't think we have any other choice. No. Yeah. No. Uh, I agree. I mean, I think that it's just kind of like what you know. You get to the point where like, God, fuck it, we're going to have to win the something. whole goddamn thing, and it's like that. <laughs> like we just got to go win it. Um, and, you know, we win it by continuing to have a massively great time yeah. during the games, um, but also by supporting the city things and by, um, uh, you know, pushing back in public whenever we find these kind of dumb ideas laying around. Because, frankly, you know, uh, we are a populace who is used to being propagandized, too. <laughs> we, don't, we don't recognize propaganda for what it is. Um, and... So, uh, you know, it takes it takes a little work mm-hmm. to punch through the, the bullshit, the, the narrative you've been handed. Yeah. Right? Um, we talked about this offline about how I was kind of astonished because I learned about promotion and relegation, like from yeah. football manager, like to learn that journalists and people I respected just thought it was ridiculous. You know, the, like, the concept what, of right, the, the whole idea that you know. Each club is its own business, and they're trying to develop players and 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 make fans happy, and that's what the business is: is the football and the and the yeah. happiness. Like, like you know, what? you know, <laughs> it's right. Can't see past what's been put in front of them, right? And you know, um, I because of my political beliefs, I, you know, I don't think that anything this precious should be kept just for. Closed. Certain people. Yeah, closed. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, let a thousand, you know, like I, I wrote a thing when I said goodbye to Hot Time where I said that football's all around you. It's like the sun. They're going to try to convince you that you can't you can't get a tan except through our like through tanning our special booth, tanning right? machine. But the truth is that the sun is everywhere and it's coming in through your window right now. Um, and that we just need to kind of wake up to that reality that soccer's all around you, mm-hmm. that football's all day, every day. Um, and you know, if you want to be involved, like it's not like an American sport. Okay. Yeah. If, if America, if you, if you're one of those dudes who's like, how's the U S ever going to win the world cup? Well, I'll tell you how they're going to win the world cup. It's by being very good at football yeah. and we're shitty at it now. <laughs> um, and we'll it's really, ne- really simple. And we're, and we'll never be, anywhere close to good enough as long as um, we're concerned about anything other than being good at football. Yeah. Um, so, you know, making sure the owners make their money and making sure, like, we need to make better footballers. We need to make more of them. Um, we need to support those footballers, you know, fabulously. And 
um, I think we've got a plan to do that here in Detroit. Yeah. And uh, I was gonna say so to bring it like to bring it back around. Right. Like I I see personally my opinion I see MPSL Pro as an opportunity to do exactly what you're saying. Right. Um, I mean the hope is that there's. 16 other clubs that right. also believe that. I mean, it just, it, it seems incredible to me that we haven't cracked this open. And, like, given this sort of mythological narrative of business in the United States, like, we're all fed this steady diet of, like, you know, businessmen are heroes, yeah. they're brave, they move into markets and yeah. do things, yeah, and exactly. it makes a difference. And then, like, we abandon every bit of that when we come to sports. Like, oh, my God, who could possibly be trusted to hold a budget? Like, yeah. why? You can't, like, are you serious? Do you realize that the top-selling computer game of all time is a thing where nerds sit down and figure out a budget for their fucking players? And then, and then like, and if you shit the bed, your, your club falls apart. Yeah. Like, okay, you can buy a bunch of millionaires and bring yeah. them in and pay them for one year. And... That you better you you better yeah, hope you win. Better win, that win everything. Year. Yeah, like, exactly. And, and even then, will the prize money even cover? Cover. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's really it's really fairly simple once you do it. Yeah. Um, Balancing budgets. I think that you know, uh, the time is right for this. I think that soccer in America has gone through a troubled infancy, um, and a, a very prolonged, you know, a century long infancy. Yeah. Um, that because they've basically been kept in a Skinner box and not allowed to grow. Um, and um, So a few people could benefit. Right, exactly. <laughs> because, well, and, you know, I'm going to go all the way into the rabbit hole here, but as, as we've gone along, I increasingly start to find more credible this idea that MLS was created by NFL owners as a ball work against the popularity of soccer. <laughs> because I really because why else well, explains let me go this? Grab the tinfoil. No, I'm just what, else, no, what I, else? I agree. What, what else explains these inputs? Like, why? If you're trying to grow this, why are you doing this? And like, and then you get a couple guys who are off the reservation and are kind of fucking it up for everybody. Yeah. Arthur Blank, like you yeah. know, he's just putting his billions in. Like, woo, let's do this. Yeah. And I think the other MLS owners are like, holy uh, shit, uh, we're all we're gonna, gonna have to, to make, do this. Yeah, we're gonna have to make some rules to insulate us from you now. You know, they're gonna do something like that where, okay, when they sell Barco for thirty million, yeah. like, oh, you're only gonna get five and F- hundred X percent right? of it, and then it had the rest has to be dispersed. Right, it's gonna be dispersed to all of us. Yeah, and you know, and like go through Soccer United marketing or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but you but know, no, I, I I don't disagree with your tinfoil conspiracy. Um, I just I, I like I want to give an example. <laughs> like that's something that when I read it first time like ten years ago, I was like, get the fuck out of here! Like that is just like <laughs> okay, yeah, man. all right, bro. Like, can I? Yeah, can I have what you're smoking? You know what I think it is. You know, it's like that. Like. <laughs> Okay. I'll tell you what it is, yeah, man. Yeah, you know what it is. It's the NFL, bro. <laughs> you know? But now it's kind of like, well, maybe it is the NFL. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> man, that guy ass- was right. Right. Oh, man. It's like, you, you ever watch The Good Place? The, no. Oh, it's, a, it's a sitcom about, like, okay. supposed to be about heaven. And they, okay. they have this guy whose pictures up is everywhere because he's a stoner from, like, Manitoba who got it 97% right one time. <laughs> And his, and his picture's everywhere. Like, he's that That's guy. really He's funny. the NFL, you know, oh pro rail guy. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> uh, I went way off the rails. Yeah, you know. But it's great. It's I part know. of what this is. Yeah. Um, rails are made for mortals. 
We don't need <laughs> we don't need those. Rails are just ideas, man. Exactly. <laughs> just they hold you back. <laughs> so I don't know how I'm going to end this. Uh, anyway, the reason why I wanted to end that with MPSL is because I'm hoping by the time we're ready to record our next episode, right. the field house will be open. Yes. You're, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll hopefully be recording from there. Um, and then I'm hoping that we have anything kind of more substantial to talk about right. in regards to the future of of the team. I mean, we really have no idea. I think what we do know is regardless, we're going to be in the MPSL next year. Right. No matter what happens, I think we're we going to, we're going to play a short spring schedule. Yeah. And then we'll see. We'll see what happens. Right. Um, but the, the, as far as all the rumors go right now is the groundwork is being laid for something. Right. We don't know what, we don't right. know who there's speculation on who. Right. I mean, there's some, you know, the thing that gives me, the other thing that gives me hope about this um, is that I know our owners are, like, forward-thinking bright yeah. guys. Um, and I know enough about some of the other clubs. Like, you know, I'm thinking about, like, of course, Chattanooga. Um, the, the one in Brooklyn, the Dens, is the... Stockade. Uh, the Stockade. They're, uh, st- um, that's in Stockade, New York. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and there's a couple others uh, yeah. teams that are um, have really kind of forward-thinking, progressive yeah. guys who are who have made their bones like making the right call. Yeah. Like, um, and so uh, it's a it's a really good group of people right. to create a potential alternative. Right. Right. And you know we're talking about. You know, essentially, I mean, I, I hate to say progressive because it, it's not really political, but it's almost like a progressive feeling about this. Yep. Like, okay, we're going to try to move past this status quo yeah. that we've... Yeah, that, change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a change punk, platform. It's a punk rock, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, I'm looking forward to uh, checking out the Fieldhouse. Um, Soctoberfest awesome. is yeah. going to be coming up this weekend. Soctoberfest is this weekend, so it'll probably be after or yeah. before this comes out. Maybe I don't know. I'll probably get it out yeah. before. Okay. Um, but yeah, Soctoberfest is Saturday. Uh, we will not be the the clubhouse will not be open um, yet, but it'll be a good chance for everybody to get out. And I think we're going to have like Schrodix out there. Nice. Um, it might be kind of a BYOB thing. <laughs> we don't have a liquor license yet. Yeah, I was gonna say that's um, not technically illegal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, yeah, yeah, we're um, we're not going to be serving our food yeah. uh, there yet. Um, but it will be a chance to get out on the new fields, uh, yeah. which are beautiful. Um, they're putting the lines in the the big side today, um, and they're they're permanent. They're like white turf. Oh wow! Like they cut seen, it out and then put in. it in. Looks really awesome. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so no, painted. Uh, yeah. On yeah and exactly. Over. Yeah. Like we don't have to repaint that. Um, so you know, it, and it looks really cool. And of course, I mean, once the clubhouse is open, it'll be the clubhouse. It's you know the hangout. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's when you walk in, it will look like oh, this is a Northern Guard bar. Like okay, <laughs> all right, you know. Can't wait. I recognize these people. I know this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's going to be great. So Super excited. All right, Sean. Thanks for uh, coming over again. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs>
And uh, not sure when, like I said, the next episode will be out. I think I want to try to wait till there's kind of more substantial stuff to talk about other than just repeating rumors I've heard. I am perfectly willing to talk about substantial or insubstantial things as long as you need me to. <laughs> Sounds great. This is, that's why this is going to work. <laughs> um, so thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, got a special episode coming up soon about Radiohead. <laughs> Okay, no, not really. The, the, just, the symbolism of yeah, exactly. uh, Radiohead's third album to... Exactly. OK Computer as relates to Detroit City Football <laughs> exactly. Club. Yeah. You know, I will say that the fourth song on that um, has a, a, a line that I think is it's exit music for a film. Okay. Which, uh, you know, Which film? Well, uh, it's Romeo and Juliet. It's oh, called the, the Romeo plus called Juliet? Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah. They wrote it for Baz Luhrmann. Okay. And then said, oh, bro, that's too good. We need to, we're going to keep that. Yeah, you can use yeah. it as your exit music, but we're going to keep it. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a line in the chorus of that that like, I think applies to Northern Guard, which is, we hope your rules and wisdom choke you. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, I listened to that on the way over here. I was like, yeah, yeah. we hope your rules and wisdom choke you. Great way, great way to end this. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Uh, we'll, we'll be back soon. See ya. Fuck Ohio. <laughs> Fuck Ohio.